0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com This week's Parsha and Parsha of Yaakov it seems to be almost a complete repetition of the parsha of Truma Tetzava. Other than speaking a little about Shabbos, it just seems to speak only about the Mishkan, which we already learned in Truma Tetzava. The Sforum speak about this already, the Ramban, has an explanation, the Barbanel has an explanation, the Chassam Sefer has an explanation. It's interesting, we look in the Parsha, and it talks about, for example, setting up the Mishkan, and it talks about the Krushim. Now, earlier, in Parsha's Truma, in Perach Pasiglamid, when it talks about the setting it up, so it tells us the interesting words about the Krushim. And the pasuk says, When you erect the Mishkan, according to its rules, that you have seen by the mountain. Now, the Gemara in Yerushalmi, on, in Shabbos, Yud Bays tells us, Is there a rule by wood? What type of rule is there by wood? And the Gemara says, any beam that was placed in the north Should be placed in the north Bedarim Placed in the south Should be placed in the south What does that mean? That means when Kleisle traveled And they took apart the Mishkan And they put the Mishkan back together again By the next station They should put it back Not just the beams wherever they go But each beam wherever it was It should be in the same place in fact, this is where we learn out the halachas of, from the Lama Testament halachas and halachas of Kosev. It tells us that on each beam they would write Aleph, Bays, Gimel, Dalit, And this way we would know when we put the beams back, we would know where they go. There are other halachas and minhagim that we learn from this. For example, a mezuzah. Every once in a while you have to check your mezuzahs. So you take off the mezuzahs from your house. You bring them to the sefer. Now you have, let's say, a bag of 25 mezuzahs. They're all kosher. You can't just come back in your house and put them back wherever you want. The mezuzah that was on the kitchen goes back to the kitchen. The mezuzah from the dining room goes back to the dining room. The mezuzah from the den goes back to the den. Why? Because that's the place that it was. And therefore, you should put it back in the same place. There's a similar minhag by a talus. When you put on a talus, the top part of the talus goes by the head. Many people make a mark by the talus. Either a, uh, a strip of silk, people put on a silver atara. Why? So they should know this is the top part of the talus, and you should always wear it that way. we people have the many by the sukkah. You take apart your sukkah, and you want to put it back for next year, the boards should be put back in the same place. Why is it so important? Because very often, people think, I'm stuck in a situation... And we try to get out of the situation What this Allah is teaching us Is you're never put in a situation by mistake If you're in a situation It's for a reason And you shouldn't try to get out of the situation You should try to go and work through the situation Because you're not there by mistake Sometimes people say I don't like the family that I'm in Why can't I be in that family Or I don't like the shul I'm in I don't like the neighborhood that I'm in You should realize wherever you are That's where you're supposed to be because if there's one word Hashem never said, it's the word, oops. You're never where you are by mistake. Wherever you are, that is where you're supposed to be. A little while ago, the Mashpia, the leleveh Mashpia, Rav Mailech Biederman, recounted an unbelievable story. In Eretz Yisrael, there's a hotline called Lev Shomea, And when people have an issue, and they know what to turn to, they can call this hotline for help. One time someone calls the hotline he has a big problem. He has many kids and his oldest one is already trying to get married for a few years. And he having a difficult time. Finally, they're getting close to getting engaged. Unfortunately, his son did something he shouldn't have done in yeshiva and the roshiva said he's going to expel him from yeshiva. This guy was so nervous. He says, what's going to be if they find out that my son was expelled from yeshiva, the girl's not going to want to get engaged to him. He's finished. And he's been trying so hard to get engaged. He doesn't know what to do. So the person that took the phone call said, I don't know what I can do. Let me call the person in charge of the whole Leif Shomei organization. A fellow named Rabbi Yisrael, he calls him up. Rabbi Yisrael hears the story. He gets the father's number. He calls back the father. and He gets more details to the story. And he says, You know what? I happen to know somebody who knows the Rosh Hashiva. Let me see if I can do something. He makes phone calls, calls the Rosh shiva. The guy says, The Rosh Hashiva is not going to budge. He did something wrong. He's going to get kicked out of Yeshiva. He's expelled from Yeshiva. So this person, Rabbi Sol, realized a big problem here. He called up the Rosh Hashiva himself and he tried to explain the situation. This guy, Shidduch, is going to break. How could you go and expel him? Give him another chance. It's only another few weeks till he gets married anyways. Back and forth, and finally the Rosh Hashim said, you know what? Let's discuss it. Come down here. I will tell you why I want to expel him. You'll tell me why I shouldn't. And we'll come to a, an agreement together. Fine. You should come. The Yeshiva was in your Shalayim. You should come to your salaim tomorrow night, and we'll have the meeting. Sure enough, the next afternoon, every soul runs to the bus the 400 on Bnei Brak to go to shalim. it's getting dark already he gets it on the bus and there's one empty seat he walks to that seat he sits down and he takes out his phone to start making arrangements for the meeting he has to call this person and this person maybe knows that guy and he starts to call people on his second phone call there's a person sitting next to him a middle-aged person it seems like the guy was trying to sleep. And he turns to Rishol and he goes, shh. Rishol didn't realize he was disturbing him. He said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And his next phone call, he starts to speak quietly. And he's speaking quietly. After two minutes, the guy next to him turns to him and says, what's going on? Don't you see it's quiet on the bus? The lights are off. Why are you making noise? I'm trying to sleep. And he says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he realizes he better stop. He doesn't want to disturb the person next to him he puts his phone on vibrate and he puts it away 20 minutes later the phone rings he looks at it it was Rosh Hashiva calling he doesn't know what to do so he just lets the phone go and he puts it back 5 minutes later the phone rings again he's looking, he's vibrating, he's looking at it it's Rosh Hashiva he takes the phone, he opens it up and he starts whispering, I can't talk now and he's whispering and the Rosh Hashiva says what? I can't hear you, I can't talk now and the yeshiva realized the guy can't talk. He says, it's okay. You don't have to talk. I'm going to do the talking. I want you to know we had a meeting here in yeshiva and we decided that we're not going to expel the boy. We're not going to expel the bachar. We don't need a meeting. He can stay in yeshiva. And he was so, excited. He wanted to call the father right away to tell him. But of course he was scared from the guy next to him. He put his phone away and he waited. It was only another 15 minutes or so where the bus made its way up to Yerushalayim. And as the bus is coming to the first stop, the lights in the bus go on because people are starting to get off. So he figures, now I can make a phone call now. The lights are going on. Everyone's getting ready. And he takes out his phone. And as he takes out his phone, he sees the guy next to him also starting to get awake from the lights. And he quickly dials the father. And the phone's ringing. And he doesn't feel so bad because he sees the guy next to him Anyways, take out his phone to make phone calls. And as soon as father picks up he says Ba HaShem it worked out we don't have to have the meeting because the Roshiva said he's not going to expel your son and all of a sudden he hears an echo he says hey he hears his voice coming from over there he turns to look and he sees a person next to him is holding a phone and his voice is coming out of that phone and it only took a second to realize that the guy sitting next to him was the father of the boy who was being expelled. And the father sitting there realized the whole time that the person sitting next to him, who he was screaming at, was traveling to Shalayim to help him. And the father looks and says, I'm so embarrassed. You're traveling here to help me. And yet I'm going and screaming at you for making noise. Because I want you to know, the past week I couldn't sleep at night. I do not know what's going to be with my son, with the shidduch. And I, I do not know what to do. I knew that I have to do something. I was going to Yerushalayim to go to the Kaisel to Daven for my son. And that's why I thought I'd sleep a little on the bus. I'm so sorry for screaming at you. And of course the person said, it's okay, it's okay. But Rav Biederman said, from here you see that a person is never where he is just by chance. Obviously Hashem wanted this father to learn the lesson that wherever you are, the situation that you're in, you have to deal with that situation. Little did he think for a second that the person next to him, who he thought was disturbing him, in reality was going to Yishalayim to help him. And yet he was screaming at him. So that's what we learned from these psukim. That wherever something is, that is the place it is supposed to be. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com